Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. On this holiday weekend, thanks for joining us. Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, has uh, deemed it her job today to come in here I on a holiday. I uh, You were telling us off air that yeah. it's... Uh, it, the roads are like a skating rink. Now, that's, uh, that's a word to the wise, then. Yes, Folks yes. are heading out to doing some yeah, yeah. shopping or... Don't go sliding through the intersections yeah. or meeting the person in front of you in a bad way. Because hours ago, when I was on the road, it was just wet. Just wet, yeah. But it was also... Probably around 33 degrees. Mm -hmm. However, it's 27 now. So word to the wise, be careful if you're heading out there walking or driving. Walking was special too. (laughs) Yes, special. Very diplomatic. (laughs) Teresa Rooney again is in studio. Master Gardener helping us out here on CCO Smart Garden Show. It is brought to us by every week. We thank them for it at By the Yard. That's CCO Land Company down in Jordan, Minnesota that makes the best patio furniture in the whole world in fact, you're going to see them at the Home and Garden Show this weekend and next here at the convention center. So uh, check them out and say hi for us. We thank them for their sponsorship of this show. Now, if you have a lawn or garden question, and I know I look outside and there's the snow. And you're laughing. Yes, I'm not laughing. <laughs> Those are tears you're seeing. <laughs> but uh, we, we do welcome your, your calls and your text messages as usual. And, you know, we tend to get busy on this show. Again, as mm-hmm. we've said and you know, Gardening is the number one leisure time activity in the Yay, whole world. Gardening. Well, Yay, maybe gardening. not the whole world. The well, it's really States, good because anyway. gardening, you know, relieves stress and it gives you tomatoes. Yeah. So way cool for that. Yeah. yeah. But we don't want to get those tomato plants outside just yet. It's a little bit yeah. early. <laughs> you are right. When, is, when is the time for that? By the you way? know, you want the soil really warm before you put the tomato plants in the soil. So, you know, just wait till Memorial Day. Keep them in a pot. Keep them well watered. If it's cold outside, bring them in. Uh, don't put them in the ground if the ground's cold because they don't like that. They're they're like some of my sisters and my friends who like it really hot. So they like the ground really nice and warm. If you put them in the ground too early, they may not grow. Mm. They may die or they may just sit there the whole year and not do anything. Not do anything. They just kind of <laughs> pout. So, uh, so it's just easier just to wait till the ground's nice and warm. Once the soil's warm, they'll catch up to to anything, so don't worry about it. Well, tell us now as we look outside, and maybe some folks just waking up uh, and saying, well, look at that. Don't cry. Especially north of us. Yeah. That, that, oh, that with really all got the snow. Mm-hmm. Now, does this hurt anything out there of our, our bushes, our shrubs? Not our really. The only thing I would worry about is an ice storm that could start breaking branches oh, or something. Sure. Uh, but I don't think the, the ground hasn't thawed, so it's still all frozen, so the plants should all be sleeping. And um, I noticed that most of my 
azaleas and, and magnolias and everything, the buds still aren't swelling too badly. So that's good because uh, sometimes if they swell too much and then we get a frost, you're not going to see flowers. But here in the cities, it seems like everything's fine. So really, it's just kind of a normal sort of spring maybe that we're an old-fashioned spring where it's just going to be normal time. What is, what, is, <laughs> what is normal anymore? <laughs> Pretty much everything's Abbey normal now. But but it's just, you know, that's that's the fun thing with gardening. It's never the same every year. Every year is different. Every year brings fun, exciting things and fun challenges and opportunities. So unless, Teresa, you're saying that unless there's like an ice storm which just start breaking right. trees and shrubs mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that, yep. uh, this is moisture that's good for our it's it's Stuff. good. You want to make sure that you know you're not using a lot of salt because you don't want the salt to get into our lakes well, and, and storm sewer systems. Because as most of you may or may not know, most of those storm sewer systems are not th- those things don't get filtered. Those go directly into the rivers, directly into your lakes and streams, and you don't want to be messing with that ecology because the salt sits there and doesn't go anywhere. It just accumulates, mm. and we're supposed to have fresh water here, not salt water. So mellow off on the salt, use use grits and sand instead and things like that. Well, as a master gardener, I know you love gardening. I do. Uh, when you see the weather that we have, and mm-hmm. it's, it's out of our control, so mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. what can we do? Uh, what can you do now? What can you plan? Can you? Mm-hmm. And there's a texture. I should do this because the text just came in and said, please tell us about growing and maybe you can give us a mm-hmm. definition of this. Microgreens indoors. Oh, how fun. Okay. Um, yeah, well, microgreens, let's talk about that first. They're so much fun. You know, when that seed sprouts and the little the little shoots start to come up, there's so much nutrition in that. It's like a powerhouse because you have all this nutrition in this little tiny thing. So a microgreen is just when you're picking the greens. Um, it can be kale, lettuces, uh, even things like broccoli or or, mm. or anything that you can eat. Um, so not tomatoes or peppers or anything like that or, or anything. But you could even do peas if you wanted to, but I probably wouldn't. But all those other seeds, just when they're like an inch, inch and a half tall, you cut them and eat them. Oh. And they're really high nutrition. So So you just can grow them and you just sow them very thickly. They'll sprout in the in the three to seven days or ten days, whenever they're supposed to. Uh, give them a little bit of light, uh, just a regular house light is fine. And then you can harvest them, and they're very nutritious. Sounds like fun. It's yeah, it's sort of like sprouts, like like the sprouts yeah. you buy in the store. Good point. Only they're a little bit smaller, and and you don't have to eat the roots. You can just eat the rest because um, you're not growing them in water. But microgreens are a wonderful thing. Um, make sure that, yeah, just, just do that. And they don't need a lot of light because you're not growing them that long for light. So I would think that would be a good thing for kids to uh, It's do, wonderful yeah. for the kids. They can put them on their salads. You know, um, it's a little late now to put them on your Easter eggs, your deviled eggs, but you could do fancy Fancy dishes or put them in your salads on your sandwiches is yeah. really fun for the kids. And, there you go, making yeah. us hungry again. Yeah, sorry about that. Or Jack Farrell. Yeah. Shame on us. <laughs> Shame on both of us. Let's go to the phones. By the way, there's a line open. If you have a lawn or garden question and you want to talk to a master gardener, here's your chance. Call Teresa, 651-989-9226 or send a text, 81807. Let's go to uh, River Falls. I think Sue is there. Sue, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Sue. Thank you. Um, I have two questions. Uh, the rabbits ate my tulips off that were coming up. You mm-hmm. know, they were about four inches. Mm-hmm. 
will they still uh, blossom? Yes. And also my hardy hibiscus. When do I take the straw off my hardy hibiscus? And then when do I put the straw back on in the fall? I forgot. Okay. Good. Those are really good questions, Sue. Um, if anything that's come up, and I that's amazing. Your tulips are up four inches already. Whew, wow, that's amazing. Anyway, um, the, the little tulip flowers are way underground, so you're okay. That's a really good idea, though, to put maybe some chicken wire around that because the bunnies are out there and they will eat whatever comes up after that. So do protect all those plants that you don't want the rabbits to eat. Um, as for the hardy hibiscus, once the uh, threat of frost has passed, or even before then, you can start pulling back the straw. They come up very, very late. So they sleep underground for a long time till that soil's really warm. You may not see them come up until mid-June or even a little bit later. And then as soon as the ground starts to freeze in the fall, you can go ahead and cover them back up again with straw on that area. All right. Very good. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sue. Thanks. Cynthia, hang on. We're going to take a quick break here. But those callers, hang on the line. There's a line open. If we want to call in your lawn or garden question for Teresa, 651-989-9226. Or if it's easier, send us a text, 81807. And good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Lawn and Garden Show. Call Smart Garden. We welcome, as usual, your phone calls and your text messages for uh, Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, who's helping us out this morning. Teresa, I want to get to the phones and more text messages, but you were mentioning uh, kind of what your schedule is here, not yep. uh, just today, mm-hmm. yep. uh, but today next week I'm as well. Today I'm going to a seed starter over at the Wedge, uh, the Wedge table. They're having seed starting, so you can come in and grow seeds. Oh, where's that now? That, this is going to be at the Wedge table, 24-something Nicolette. Okay. So I remember. Down by hopefully, East Street. Yeah, there. hopefully I will find it when I drive around. Um, yeah, so that's 10 to 2 today. So there'll be master gardeners helping people talk about All seeds right. and plant seeds, and they'll provide seeds and soil and everything the Wedge is doing. That. What so a neat really idea, and especially yeah. on a day like this. On a day like today. And yep. we mm-hmm. mentioned, too, that the Home and Garden Show Home and Garden this show, weekend yep. and next. The Northern Gardener stage has a lot of good topics going on. I'll be out there next weekend, but there's a lot of good ones this weekend, too. All right, good. Mm-hmm. good. So you can still get your garden fix in, people. Absolutely. Yeah. Cynthia is calling from St. Paul. Cynthia, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Cynthia. Thanks for waiting. Hi. Um, I planted two rhododendrons um, the first week of June last year. And anyway, I was really excited because I found the ones I wanted in the color and whatever. But I noticed that about one-third of the plant from the ground up there's green leaves and there's buds, mm-hmm. but then the rest of it is brown. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know, am I supposed to cut all that up? Well, once the snow leaves again, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> what caused that? Does that mean it's dying? It, or? What What happens a lot of times is you do get some top, some top growth death. Um, sometimes it's winter burns. Um, so I would wait until you know it's dead. Uh, maybe after when you want to go out into the garden in a few weeks, um, you can start snipping at the top with your clippers and just make a cut, uh, you know, maybe two inches down and see if it's dead, dead. It may just be that it, it just um, maybe lost a bunch of leaves and, and things like that, but it's still green, so it will put out new leaves. Uh, it, your plants, you know, newly planted plants have issues like that. So it's, they're just they're just... Uh, there's a lot of plant, and, and they just kind of struggle the first two or three years. So make sure that you do have an acidic soil for it. So treat it with um, 
soil sulfur twice a year, spring and fall, um, and test your soil if it seems to be having a problem because it does need acidic soil. And keep it well watered, especially going into the winter. They have really fibrous, shallow roots, so you want to protect those roots as much as possible. So there may have been some root dieback. You just never know. And uh, so just, just wait I don't don't start freaking out yet. It's got some green growth, so it's okay. Don't worry about that. And then just do trim back the dead stuff once you know it's dead. Very good. Thank you, Cynthia. Thanks, Cynthia. Let's go back to the phones, then we'll pick up on some text messages okay. from our listeners. That number, by the way, is 81807. Kathy is calling in this morning. Kathy, good morning. Hi, Kathy. Morning. See, I'm wondering, my tulips are all just clumped together. Mm-hmm. And I never know, when am I supposed to divide them? I can't do it now, but no. if I wait until fall, I can't, you I don't can't know where find they are. Them. You know, as soon as they uh, start dying back a little bit, you, so you, they're, they're pretty much done all the photosynthesizing they're going to do for the year. Carefully dig them up, divide them as you need to, and then go ahead and replant them right away. That's, Thank you. You bet. Right, Good Kathy, luck. Thank, mm-hmm. Thanks for the call. Kathy leaves that line open. At 651-989-9226. You can fill it if you like. Myrna is calling from Mountains View. Hi, Myrna. Hi, Myrna. I have a question about lilies. I just heard that they are a danger to my cats. What kind of lily? The big uh, lily, uh, Easter lily type. Yes, Easter lilies are extremely poisonous to cats. Uh, day lilies are are poisonous for dogs outside. Is that right? That is right. Mm. Yep. Um, so so if you any if you have any more questions, the Humane Society has a really great great website and page on what's poisonous to dogs and cats and pets. So do keep those Easter lilies far away from your kitty cats if your kitty cats are nibblers. Very good. Yep, that's scary. That. Yeah, I that's should scary. Say. Mm-hmm. You know what, let's mention the university website. I was thinking on a day like this for folks that are just dreaming of gardening oh, yeah. or, or getting their lawns mm-hmm. ready. Sam has, Sam Bauer. Did he give you some uh, good information? And, well, he did, he did, uh, yeah. too. And, uh, and, uh, and Dr. Uh, Trappy as well, mm-hmm. uh, who was on our show last oh, week. Oh, wonderful. Uh, so it's uh, great. So w- what's the website? That's extension.umn.edu. So go ahead, grab a cup of coffee and peruse to your heart's content. We had an earlier text, as you know, about microgreens. Yes. And, but there was a follow-up uh, text that came in. Are there special, uh, need special seeds? Do you need special seeds for microgreens? You know, for the microgreens, um, I would I would probably get something that wasn't treated with neonicotinoids, if at all possible, because you're going to be eating something very small and fresh. It's not like your seeds sprouting where you're going to be eating the, the roots and everything else. So those sprouts, you have to use a special kind of seed that's really, really clean for, for that, really organic, so to speak. Uh, for your microgreens, it's just whatever you would have planted to eat out um, in your regular garden, go ahead and use that type of seed. Organic is fine, but you don't have to go strictly organic. You can go conventional if you feel fine with that. If you want to call in your garden question, 651-989-9226 or your lawn question, same number, or send a text 81807. There is a line open if you want to use it. Uh, Texter says, looking out my window, (laughs) I see my lilac bush needs to be cut back. Is it okay to do that now? Any cutting back of any of those spring-blooming bushes, lilacs, azaleas, rhododendrons, mock oranges, you're cutting off flowers. So you can cut it back now. Just understand you're cutting back flowers. I would go to the extension website, extension.umn.edu, and look at renewal pruning. There's some good options for your lilac, whether you need to do just a little pruning, whether you need to do a whole renewal pruning, or you want to chop it down and start over again. 
Okay. Very good. Let's see who's next. Sue is calling in. Sue, what's your question for Teresa? Hi, Sue. Hello. Hello. Hi, Hi Sue. Sue. Uh, I have uh, Neptune tea roses. Okay. And and I covered them up with straw last fall. Mm-hmm. And um, when am I supposed to take them off this spring, the, the, the straw? And when should I put it back on? I can't remember. Okay. Um, you know, um, arbitrarily, the arboretum, so I'm not sure which zone you're in, but the arboretum uses like think they go with April 15th and October 15th. That's just because roses to tip and everything else. But what you want to look for is when is the ground thawing out? So when is it warm enough that the ground is starting to thaw out and we're not going to get some more frost? So I'd probably maybe wait till middle to end of April for that. And then putting them back to sleep again as soon as the ground starts to look like it's going to freeze. And sometimes that's, you know, the middle of October and sometimes that could be December. So um, so you have some time to play there but when the ground starts to starts to freeze up then you want to you want to protect those tender roses again whether you tip or protect with straw or use cones if you do use cones um the uh paper mache ones are a little better the styrofoam ones make sure you take off the tops otherwise they'll cook the roses all right tell you what Teresa, we need to take a break okay but we do have another half hour of the show to go and one line is open if you want to call in your lawn or garden question for Teresa. 651-989-9226. Or send us a text and we'll get, grab some more of those too. 81807. It's our Smart Garden Show here on 830-WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show brought to us every week by our friends at By the Yard Outdoor Furniture. It is 26 degrees. Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, is with us in studio today helping you out. In fact, Teresa, a lot of callers, a lot of textures. Let's put you back to work. Okay. Uh, Diane is calling from Roseville. First off here, go ahead, Diane. Hi, Diane. Hello. Hello. I am wondering, um, we are thinking of um, making some corrugated metal containers Mm -hmm. as a raised bed, Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering if they'll get too hot. They'll be Mm west-facing. You know, they they will get warm and hot, so so some of those root crops right there may suffer a little bit, but the soil will help to minimize some of that, depending upon how big it is. If you find that the metal itself is getting really hot and uncomfortable if you walk by, um, you know, you could paint it white, which will help reflect, or you could grow some vining stuff that falls over the edge of it, or even um, plant some stuff in front of it to shade that. But it should be okay. Um, it will get warm, though. It will get warm. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Good question. Yes, thanks, Diane. And Diane leaves that line open if you want to fill it. 651-989-9226. Tim is calling from Lake Elmo with a question for Teresa. Hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. Hi. How are you guys doing? Good. I'm well. How are you? Uh, well, I just got through shoveling <laughs> part of the walk. So. Oh, joy. <laughs> now let's talk gardening. <laughs> uh, my question concerns uh, an insecticide. It's um, uh, supposedly to treat milky spore disease. Uh, containing a number of bacteria, and the idea behind using that would be to uh, kill the Japanese beetle mm-hmm. grubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that make sense? Um, there is a product that has milky spore in it, and it is supposed to work on the grubs. It doesn't work that well in our area, more toward the Chicago area it works. I think our ground is a little too cold in the winter from what I understand. So it will have some impact, but not as much as you'd like to. Um, the university does have some information on that on their on their website 
on the Japanese beetle question. So, so they do talk a little bit about milky spore, and that explains it a little bit better than I'm doing. Um, but you'll have, you'll have some, some result, but not that much. All right, very good, Tim. Thanks. Thanks for the call. I was looking at a text message that says, in the spirit of tomorrow, April Fool's, is it too early to plant bulbs? <laughs> uh, well, not really. Not really. You could be planting like some some glads and stuff up in the house and just treat them as a house plant as they come up. And then you'll be that much further ahead, um, yeah. you know, if you wanted potted potted bulbs. So, you know, yeah. Not really, but that's a good one. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. That line is open, or send a text if you prefer eight one eight zero seven. Let's go back to the phones. Let's see. Ginny is calling from River Falls, I believe. Ginny, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Ginny. Good morning to you. Um, I have a comment on on the lilies and cats. Yes. My grandson and his fiance um, bought a lily. And they put it up in what they thought was a safe place. And when they came home from work, they had two very sick cats that they had to immediately take to the vet. Mm-hmm. And they almost lost the one. Yeah. They were in the vet, at the vet for several days, and not to mention how much it cost. Very oh, expensive, yeah. yes. So for people really, truly to be very wary of any of the lilies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are yeah. toxic yeah. to cats. Cats yeah. naturally are very curious, and, and they'll, they don't understand that that's poisonous for them. So bring something new in, and they'll be checking it out. Oh, yeah. Jenny, thank you. Thank you, Jenny. For that, uh, be aware. Yeah. Thanks, Jenny. 651-989-9226. Uh, Colleen is calling from Norwood, I believe. Colleen, you're on CCO. Hi, Colleen. Uh, good morning. I'm calling about tomatoes. A while ago, you had mentioned uh, varieties to plant in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and you listed some initials after the oh, varieties. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering what those initials were. Okay. those are. That's a good question. Uh, those are... are um, Hybrid tomatoes, and they are bred to resist diseases. So the diseases that they resist are after them. It'll be V for verticillium, uh, VT, uh, tobacco mosaic virus, um, F for fusarium rot, uh, M for or N for nematodes. So depending upon VT, FN, so depending upon what kind of uh, problems you're having in your yard, you could go and, and worry, uh, get those tomatoes that have those letters after them. Your heirloom tomatoes are not going to have those letters after them because they aren't bred like that. Mm-hmm. However, some of them are slightly resistant to some of the diseases. Celebrity is a good one that has some disease resistant. It's not as good as the ones that are hybrid for disease resistant. That's a good question. Very good, Colleen. Thank you. And that leaves the line open, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. I'm just looking at a text, uh, Teresa. says this, I have a community garden at church, and aesthetically, I don't want to put up a wire or any fence. Any other reliable options to keep those rabbits away? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, What you're going to have to do is, and and you know you'd only have to keep the wire up long enough for the for the product, for the plants to grow a little bit, and then once there's clover and everything else in the yards, the bunnies will pretty much ignore your most of your vegetables. You will have to use smelly repellents. That could be something you could sprinkle blood meal around the outside perimeter. Uh, that that would be good unless dogs come in and they like that and they'll roll on it. Uh, otherwise, use some smelly stuff, some of the repellents, and you're going to have to change it up. So change it up. And, you know, with city bunnies, we used to say a month. I'm thinking those bunnies get used to stuff. So you think about every two to three weeks changing it up. Hmm. Different right. smells, whether it's a garlic or um, 
herby or uh, rotten eggs or blood. And they are everywhere. Bunnies are everywhere. Especially on Easter weekend. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> and if you see any with baskets, just, just be Let really be. happy. Let them be. Mm-hmm. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Let's go back to the phones. Charlie's calling from Grove City. Charlie, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hi, Charlie. Hi. Say, I've got uh, a Harrelson and a Macintosh apple tree, and they've never been pruned. I don't know if that's good or bad. But I was wanting to know if you prune them, will they still fruit this year? They will. So what you need to do is get that pruning done fairly quickly. Uh, remove any um, crossing branches, branches that are facing inward. Never take off more than a third of the entire tree at one time or 25% even at one time. Uh, and, and any major pruning will often cause a lot of water spouts the next year. And so you, water spouts, so you just have to cut those off. They're the ones that go straight up in the air. So you want your trees to look open. You'd like to be able to have a cat or a squirrel walk across the back of a limb or on the limb very easily and be able to throw a football through the tree. So that's the kind of look you want. So you have a lot of openness. You have a lot of air circulation and a lot of sunlight in there. Super. All right, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. Bye. Thanks for the call. Charlie leaves that line open at 651-989-9226. Texter says this, can we prune honey locusts in a couple of weeks? How about crab apples? When do we prune maples? They're bleeding right now. Yep. Uh, so the apple trees, you can blue, uh, crab apples, you can cut, uh, prune now. Honey locust, I'm that one's a little tricky. I can't remember when that that one's a weird pruning time. I would go to the university website and check that one out for sure. I don't want to give you the wrong information on that. Extension.umn.edu, and then I can't remember what the other one was. Honey locust, crab apple, and. Uh, maples. Maples, sorry. Once the, you know, you can prune a maple when it's bleeding. It just looks really bad. Just wait. Um, the sap will start running, ru- stop running soon, and then you can prune after that. All right. Thanks. 651 Folks are calling in as we speak. Or if, again, it's easier, give us a call, 81807, 81807. Let's see. Uh, good morning, it says, texter. When should I plant indoors my geraniums that I dug up and wintered last fall? Thank you. Love the show. Cool. Um, yeah, anytime. Go ahead. You know, in the next few weeks, plant those up. They'll get growing in your pots nice, and, and you'll have flowers a little earlier. So as, whenever you want to start taking care of a house plant, go ahead and do it. All right. I was just checking out some of the, the textures are coming in rather <laughs> quickly. By the way, again, it's 81807. What type... Uh, Texter says, of magnolia trees can be planted in Goodhue County, which, uh, and when should they be planted? Well, that's not that far Let's south see. of us here. Uh, south? Okay. Yeah. I'm so bad with Minnesota geography sometimes. Um, we have a lot of Zone 4 magnolias, so go ahead and plant any of the ones. Uh, there's there's a yellow one. There's a, um, uh, Anna, I think, is pink. Uh, there's white or white ones. There's there's a whole bunch of different ones that you can plant. So right now my brain is just not giving me the names. But go to your local garden center. Go to your local garden center or go to the extension website and oh, look up magnolias. Idea, huh? They'll have some listed there for you. There's there's quite a few different varieties that you can plant. Mm-hmm. And again, if you uh, really want to get going on your, not today, but your lawn, Mm-hmm. Uh, check out that website. Check Sam out, and his yeah. crew, Sam Bauer and his yeah. uh, folks there. There's some excellent, excellent, excellent articles. Pages, yeah. A lot of good research mm-hmm. have gone yep. have gone into this. Mm-hmm. 
And again, the website is? Extension.umn.edu. It's good you bring up the, the go to the website to do the turf stuff because I'm seeing right now, put down your crabgrass preventer as way too early. <laughs> too early. Yes. Way too early. So, so don't do what the TV tells you. Do what they tell you on, on the extension side. Good deal. Good idea. Marlis is calling from Fridley with a question. Marlis, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Marlis. Hi. I have a question for you. Okay. I have put in a, a wooden arbor in the back of the yard, and I would like to know what type of flowering vine besides a clematis could I put on that arbor? How much sun and shade does it get? Um, I would say sun about maybe six hours, okay. four to six hours, let's okay. say. You know, in the sunnier p- part of it, uh, you could try some of your climbing roses. Uh, Blaze is a nice red one. Um, they don't climb per se. You're going to have to tie them up and do that. You could try that. The um, hy- hydrangea takes a long time, and it's a little iffy in our area, so the climbing hydrangea isn't all that good. If you wanted to do some annuals, there's some beautiful um, annuals that you could do. Clematis would have been my choice because there's so many different clematises, uh, you know, blooming different times, different colors, different sizes of flowers. It's just an amazing thing that you could have out there. Um, Virgin's Bower is a native clematis that blooms in mid-summer, middle of July-ish, I think. And then uh, you could also try some honeysuckle vines. That might work. If you wanted to do something really crazy, you could try the trumpet uh, the trumpet vine. That one will take over the whole thing, and it's a huge, big vine. Uh, gets really heavy. Wisteria could work for you, too. There's uh, two or three different varieties out there that'll work for us, too. Um, so those you have a lot of options. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Teresa, hang on. A quick okay, break I'm is in order. On. We'll be right back with more <laughs> of our Smart Garden Show here on 830-WCCO. And welcome back to our Lawn and Garden Show called Smart Garden here on 830-WCCO. Denny along with Teresa Rooney, who is a master gardener helping you out today. Teresa, callers and texters, let's see how many folks we can, okay. uh, we can help out. Let's see who has been waiting the longest. It would be Mary in East Bethel. Hi, Mary. What's your question? Hi, Mary. Hi. Uh, earlier this year, I received a pot of uh, growing uh, tulips and daffodils, mm-hmm. and maybe narcissus and some things, and they needed to grow, and they bloomed, and mm-hmm. they all bloomed. They were beautiful. Mm-hmm. But now what can I do with them? Do I need to cut that all off? Uh, it's it's up to you. Pretty much when you force a tulip or any of those bulbs to bloom, you're kind of wrecking it. You can try to plant them into your garden once the soil thaws out. Uh, most of the times they aren't going to make it. They just were forced and they were kind of messed up. So you can just, you know, thank your lucky gardening angels and then send that potted stuff to the to the uh, compost bin when the greens start dying down and you're tired of looking at it. Or save it and try to plant them out in the spring as soon as you can, understanding that they may or may not ever do anything more for you. Okay, very good, Mary. Thank you. Jim is in Lakeville with a question. Hi, Jim. What's your question for, uh, for Teresa? Hi, Jim. Hey. Uh, Good morning, Teresa and Denny. Happy Easter. Thank you. Happy Easter. I want to add blueberries to my backyard, and I know that the soil requirements are pretty finicky, so Mm -hmm. how do I build and then maintain Mm -hmm. uh, the soil for blueberries? And I'm going to hang up and just listen. Excellent. Thanks, Jim. Okay, that's really a good idea. Uh, Get your soil tested by the university. It'll give you a starting point. Let them know you're trying to grow blueberries. 
when you plant your when you plant the blueberries, they'll come in a, an acidified soil. I would add soil sulfur to the hole that you're planting at that time, um, and then. I would probably also, maybe once I'm finished planting, top it with some more soil sulfur on the top. And then every spring and fall, what I do in mine is just give them a handful of soil sulfur around each plant, and, and that works its way down in about two or three months and, and impacts the roots at that time. So you do need to keep it a soil, keep it acidified soil sulfur is the easiest way to do that. Good All luck. right. Very good. Let's see. Who do we have left here? I want to leave anybody out today. Uh, Barb is calling from Rochester. With a question. Thank you, Barb. What Hi, is your Barb. question? Hi, I have a lawn question. Yes. Yeah, I think what I have I is bent grass. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it's been getting, I thought I, after I'm doing some more research, I I think it's getting worse again this year. Yeah, yeah. What do I, isn't, it's very fine, mm-hmm. thin, it, it's greener in the spring, but then it almost kind of dies a bit. Yeah. When it gets hotter out and there's circles and they're getting to be more circles of this. Okay. Usually the bent grass doesn't green up till a little bit later. Um, so you may not have bent grass. But you know, if it's a grass you don't want, kill it, get it out of there, and start from scratch. Uh, especially if it is taking over the area. Um, depending upon whatever kind of grass it is, even if it's uh, Kentucky bluegrass that you don't like, you kill it and get it out of there. You know, whether you want to pull up all the turf, maybe do a sod cutter and then just lay down a bunch of fresh soil and compost and start mm-hmm. a new new grass there uh, with grass seed. And uh, I would go go and look at uh, Sam's and their lists on the uh, extension.umn.edu site for re- renovating and um, adding a new lawn. A lot of good tips on that website, yeah. uh, Barb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good luck. Give us that website again, Teresa, Extension.umn.edu. Or if you can't remember all that, it's just like grass question, UMN, University of Minnesota. It'll get, get you, you there. there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, let's see who's next. It would be Diane calling from Lakeville with a question. Hi, Diane. Hi, Diane. Hi. I have a question about an indoor pine tree that I've had for four or five years. The main stem from the bottom about a halfway up is getting brown, mm-hmm. and some of the branches on the bottom are turning brown. And I'm wondering, what can I do to save this plant? Okay, uh, two, one question for you. Is it an, a Norfolk Island pine, or is it a real pine? I don't really know. Okay. I just got it at a florist door around Christmas time. Okay, that's a Norfolk Island pine then. Okay, so it's it's a different than a regular pine. They do tend to do that. They need a moderately um, damp soil, so not super wet. They need a little more light maybe than they're getting, um, and maybe some more humidity. Again, I would suggest going to the website, and what you have is a Norfolk Island pine, and and that, that I would I would look up some special care tips on that one, uh, but they do tend to sometimes just want to drop a lower branch or something. That is what they do, um, and, and they that's how they look, and they just kind of keep growing from the top. But I would ex- I would also say go to the um, web- go to the website and see if there's other special tips because I can't remember any more right now. Okay, sorry. Thanks, Diane. Thanks, Dan. Joe in Zimmerman, I think, is going to be our last caller this morning. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. Hey, good morning. Good morning. See, I've got a um, uh, bad problem with wild raspberries taking over my woods. They're super thick, and, of course, they're thorny, so you can't walk through them. Um, how do I get rid of those? Uh, you have some options. You can manually pull them out. 
If you want to use an herbicide, you can carefully use an herbicide when they're growing. Those are your options. Um, that that's that's what you got to do. Uh, they don't grow as much in the d- deeper shade, but they are not that fun to deal with if you want to get walking through there. So you've got to either physically remove them or use some kind of herbicide that will be okay on them, and just make sure you're not spraying it on other things that you don't want to kill. Good point. Good good luck. Let's grab a couple of text messages before you take your leave, Teresa. I have a number of textures of young apple trees in pots in the garage that are starting to show growth. When can I safely plant them this spring? I would wait till the ground is, is thawed out. And probably you need to get them then being used to being outside. So you'll need to uh, harden them off like you would a, a plant that you got from the garden center. And then once the ground is, is thawed out, you can go ahead and put them out understanding that since they've been a little bit babied, that if we get a a heavy frost, they may lose some of their leaves and things like that. You know, we talked earlier about plants that may be dangerous for our pets. Yes. And uh, there's a a texter says their their cat is very interested in an amaryllis plant. Is that dangerous? I believe that one might be. I would okay. I would double check. How would you check? How would what person? I check would go on that? to the Humane Society of Minnesota oh, okay. of, of the United States um, and just look at their poison list. They have a really good extensive 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 poison list. So, like you said, the cats are interested. Dogs are too. You know, you cats. bring something new in the house. At least in my house, and the cats all have to check it out. I was offered a bouquet of tulips, uh, and and I said I can't bring it home. The cats will like knock it over and play with them. They're just. I have evil kitties at home. Just crazy little things. I have a very strange question, Texter says. I live in an apartment with west-facing windows, no balcony. Mm -hmm. Is it possible to grow mini fruit trees in my apartment? Sure. It certainly is. Um, You may need to do some pollinating if you want them to actually fruit. You may need to move the pollen from one little uh, plant, one little uh, thing bud to another, bloom to another. But, yep, if you've got plenty of sun, go ahead and try it. Good luck. How much fun is that? We we get this text from time to time. I had a major slug infestation in my hostas, also in flower pots last year. Is there any way to prevent them ahead of the season? You can put out uh, the, uh, like, the escargot and things like that. It's uh, iron phosphate. Uh, that's just one generic name. Um, Sluggo is another one. That works. Uh, use as directed. Also, lay down mm-hmm. some either damp newspapers or some boards and just keep flicking them up. And as soon as you see the first tiny little slug, go ahead and start getting out there because lots of times those eggs will overwinter too. So so you can wait until you see that first little slug, but then be very proactive. We have seconds left, <laughs> Teresa. What is that website again for the U of M? Extension.umn.edu. Happy Easter. Easter, happy things, and, uh, happy Passover. And thank you. You were rushing the season a little bit. Thanks, Teresa. <laughs> it's the weather. Happy Easter to you and yours. Thank Thanks you. very much. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.